This podcast is a love letter to my VAs, OBMs, and PMs out there. I see you. You started your business for the freedom. You started your business for your family. You started your business for a million other reasons that only you know. But you're stuck and you're struggling. Well, no more. Get ready to move. Get ready to grow and learn together. We're here to work through the tech, work through the growing pains, and work towards a business that you can fall in love with over and over again. See that woman over there who's running it like a boss? Let's go ask her how she did that. Well, hello there, and welcome to episode seven of the How She Did That podcast. My name is Tasha Booth, and I'm the owner of The Launch Guild. I am so excited that you're here, and I am so excited to welcome our guest today, Nicole Jackson Miller. Nicole is my mentor and has become a dear friend, and I can't wait for you to hear everything that she's going to talk about in terms of building an A team. Nicole is the owner of the Project Designer Company, a project management and hiring agency that serves online business owners, coaches, and influencers. Nicole also mentors agency owners on how to build an A-plus team to support their clients. Through working at major TV networks in New York City for over eight years, Nicole understands what it takes to lead a business and a team to greatness, and she helps her clients do just that. You are going to want to take a pen and a paper and write down some notes on this because this entire podcast is just chock full of nuggets. If you are thinking about building a team or if you are ready to onboard your first or next team member, then this episode is exactly for you. So let's go ask Nicole how she built her A-plus team as an agency owner. So thank you so much, Nicole, for being here. I, I feel like I talk to you all the time now, but I love every time. <laughs> I completely agree. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> well, can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your business? Sure. So I support agency owners and service providers with building their business and supporting them specifically when it comes to building teams, um, hiring, managing, leading, stepping out of the business a little bit so that they can really show up for their team and lead in the way that makes the most sense for them. And so I have built a multi-six figure agency myself um, and we've offered project management, hiring, um, and it is, it's been such an amazing journey. And I just love being able to mentor and support and teach people how to do it in a way that makes sense for them and in a way, yeah, what makes sense for them so that they can really grow their business and do more of what they love and, and help their team do more of what they love too. And I absolutely love that. And you're such a rock star at it. We were just talking about the fact that like this week, I've actually done so much less client work than normal and been able to really step into that CEO role, you know, and support my team in, in better ways. So that's what we want to talk to talk about today about growing your agency, building that all-star team so that people can step fully into their CEO role. Um, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so what are some of the biggest challenges um, you see when people even start thinking about not really even start building a team yet, but even are just thinking about building a team 
and kind of when you know that you need to build a team? Yeah, absolutely. That's such a good question because it is, it's, it's hard when you're starting to, as a service provider that offers done for you services, what we do at first, and I am speaking from experience because I started as a project manager being the only project manager on my team for multiple clients. And the first thing that you typically start to do is test out your services to see, okay, is this viable? Can I make money? Do I like doing this? Don't like really figuring out who you love to serve and support, who you do not love to serve and support. And sometimes that can look a little funky because we end up having sometimes what we label as negative experiences, but this is all within the learning process of figuring out what is it that you ultimately want to offer and provide. And so within those first few um, you know, months, years for some people, really the timeline totally depends on the person. You're figuring that out. And then you move into figuring out how you can scale it. Because typically when we start out as service providers, we may be charging hourly or maybe we've done a retainer, but we found ourselves to be at a point where we can't grow anymore and that our business only relies on us. And if we get sick, it's a problem. If we want to go on vacation, you know, we're not making money. And, um, and so I feel like that's really when people start to think about bringing on a team or other ways that they can scale and grow their businesses. And so what can sometimes start to happen because we're so used to operating in one way of being the only person offering these services is that we're like, Ooh, you know what? I know in order to scale, I need to bring on a team. And so, um, what can happen if you are so focused on still delivering the service and being booked out, you don't have the time that you need and the space that you need to actually bring on that team member. Yes. I totally made that mistake in the beginning. I was like booked out. I think it was on Pinterest when I first started and I was, you know, a hundred thousand percent booked out working way too many hours for way too little, (laughs) all of those things. And I brought somebody on and I was just like, you know, I didn't have the capacity to take the time to really onboard them, to teach them my way. And so it was really, it felt harder than easier. And I was like, wait, having a team member is supposed to feel easier, but you know, I know that you're hugely about like creating that space in order to do that. So let's talk about how we create that space or how we start to even create the space to bring on somebody correctly. Absolutely. So the first step is really to take a look and do an evaluation or an audit of um, your packages, your clients, um, what is working really, really well and what is not working really well. And when you look at this, look at it from First, from your perspective. So sometimes when I talk to people, they take a look and they look at their clients and they are like, well, I don't really love the services I'm offering for this client, but they've been with me since the beginning. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to keep doing this. I really want you to take a look at what is it that you truly love to do and does it make sense based on the people and the services that you're offering? And then what you can start to do is tweak that. And so The way that you can do that is a few different ways. You can um, release clients that are no longer a fit, that are just completely out of alignment. You may, especially if you've gotten to a point where you're being referred to everyone and you're booked out, um, 
take a look at what relationships may no longer be working for you, which means they're not working for the other person either. Right. <laughs> totally. And that's the biggest thing. We don't want to let people down. And if it's not working for us, it's not working for the other people and really see what is it that you can let go of? Because when you do this, regardless of whether or not you bring on a team, um, it will improve your life. It will improve your experience. It will improve your business so that you can grow. So that's one way that you can make space. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I always think about the fact, um, that old adage, it's like, when you say yes to something, you're also saying no to something else, you know? And I think it goes the other way too. When you say no to something, you're creating the space to be able to say yes to something else, whether that's a, a more ideal client, if you want to stay, you know, as a single entrepreneur or being able to bring on a team the right way. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the next step is really taking a look at if you are having clients that are coming to you for services, seeing after you do that audit, see what services you do want to provide, and then look at the price point and see if you have the ability to raise that price point a bit and stretch yourself a little bit. Because if it's not working for you, like I said, it's not working for the other person. Mm -hmm. And so when you can start to release and say no to the people that aren't a good fit, and you're still having these people come through the door, you have the opportunity to sell them a package that is super aligned with you. And as long as they're an ideal client, it will be aligned for them as well. And you can easily replace those clients that are no longer a fit. I love that. And can we talk a little bit about like how to find those A plus team members? Because I know that like I've had, you know, when I, when I first started out looking for a team and kind of did it the wrong way, I would just post and be like, Hey, I'm looking for a new team member, like PM me or, you know, email me if you are interested and got hundreds upon hundreds of responses many, most of those who are not a fit for what I was looking for? Yeah, that's a good question. So the first step is to identify the right role that you actually need on the team. And so I'll give you an example. Um, I'm part, I host a program that helps service providers build teams and hire teams. And one of the members in that group um, thought that she owns a branding and web design business and was originally going out and trying to find another designer. And what we identified together is that she loved designing, but what was really holding her up and what was super um, frustrating and not allowing her to do her brilliant design work was account management mm -hmm. and project management. And so Instead of hiring that designer, what we did is we shifted to focus on the things that did have to happen in the business in order for it to run and would eliminate that time so that she could really focus on sales and design, which is what she wanted to. So the first step is to identify the right person. Like, where do you feel held back the most? And then how do I identify who that person needs to be? I will go back and say time and time again to write a job post because the job post will help you just as much as it will help and bring clarity to you just as much as it will to the other person. And so really write down what are the daily, weekly, and monthly responsibilities? What are the expectations and the results that you want from working with this person? What does their personality look like? And then I also like to ask um, the business owner when I'm helping them hire a team member, what fears do you have about hiring? Like, Ooh, I like that. You know? So for an account manager, like if this is somebody 
who is working with your clients and interacting with your clients, a fear may be, you know what, I've actually, I hired a VA in two years ago and I probably didn't have enough time to tell them what to do or give them any direction. And they sent emails to the wrong clients for the wrong things. And I never want to do that again. Right. And so that going into hiring an account manager is definitely going to come into play either consciously or subconsciously. Mm -hmm. So really asking yourself, what are those fears? And then figuring out, are there practical things that I could do as part of the job post and application to overcome those fears. So one, if you've had a bad experience with someone handling customer support, maybe you ask in your application, you give a little scenario and see what to ask them to type up a response. And then you'll know, oh, this person is coming across as really professional and I feel, I feel better about it. So those are, those are the steps I would take to get clarity. So figuring out who you need to hire, really need to hire first, and then creating a job post and application and really asking yourself those um, internal questions that right. can be a little uncomfortable, but it's much better when you kind of bring them out to the surface. Yeah. One of the things, one of the pieces of advice that you gave me when I was hiring was have one question in there that's like a yes or no question. And it's, you know, it's either a platform that they have to know in order to be able to do their job successfully or, you know, certain hours or days or whatever the case may be. And so it's really easy to sort through those because it's like, if, if they answer yes, then they, you know, then they may be a good fit. If they answered no, then I don't need to read the rest of that. <laughs> it's pretty incredible how many people don't read uh, job posts. So but you can have a few questions to weed people out. Like, you know, if you're looking somebody who's for somebody who's local, it's like, do you live in this city? Yes or no. And if they say no, yep. Okay. Right. No. <laughs> yeah. I always, it amazes me because I, one of the things that I like about, about my team is that we're all U.S. and Canada based and still so many people, I, I'll get people from like Africa or the U.K. and I'm like, you're not in the U.S. or in Canada. <laughs> like, did, you, did you look at it at all? <laughs> The answer is no. <laughs> so what is one thing that our audience can do today? Um, if they're looking to, you know, start building a team, what's one thing they can do today to begin working on, you know, creating this team and getting that clarity and all those things? Yeah, I would say the one thing is to take an honest look at your current workload and your mm-hmm. current clients and your current packages and really identify, is there anything here that is out of alignment? that is not a good fit. What is the one, the easiest thing that you could do to create a little bit more space for yourself? Mm-hmm. And by doing, if you do that first, and this is the thing most people miss, then you can move on to finding the right person and, and doing everything that we've already talked about today. But it starts with figuring out what is in alignment, what is not, and making a few small changes, which will make a massive impact. Yes. And can you tell us a little bit more about the CEO roundtable? Um, you talked a little tiny bit about it, but this has been such a game changer for me that I need our audience to know about it. And you talk about it and then I'll just make even more talk about it. It's Perfect. just that amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. The CEO roundtable is a mastermind that I started after working with done for you service providers on building teams, hiring teams, team management, um, team leadership. And so I was working with some people individually and realized that there needed to be a community and a mastermind where all of these people could come together and share their experiences. 
And so that's why I created the CEO Roundtable. And so it's really supporting service providers that are offering done-for-you services on how to grow a business that they actually love. And the way that we do that is through hiring team members, learning how to manage them, learning how to step up into a management position, learning how to um, how to teach leadership skills to your team so that they can function without you and they really grow. And ultimately they're able to do more of what they love too. So it's a, um, right now it's a 12 month mastermind program and it's really such an amazing community. And, um, we do some in-person, uh, retreats, which we just got back from one and it's just absolutely fantastic to be able to actually see people in person. Um, and then we have a bunch of virtual support as well, where, um, one thing we just started implementing was co-work is co-working time so that we can come together and actually get work done, which I know is a big thing with service providers is time, right? And we're creating this space and we want this time. So that's what yeah. the CEO Roundtable is all about. Yeah. And for me, it's, it's been so helpful to know that I'm not alone in it. You know, a lot of times you feel like, oh my gosh, I should already know this or I'm behind, but just seeing the other people in the room who are going through the same struggles and like, who don't all have it figured out as well and coming together to collaborate on ideas and figure it out together. Yeah. Definitely. And to know that it takes some time too, and that you have that time, you have that space and you have that community with, um, with everyone there. Yay. Thank you for that. So can you, before we go, can you share a little bit about the PDF that you're going to be providing for our audience? Absolutely. So this is going to talk a little bit about the first steps that you need to build a great team. And so it's going to dive a little bit deeper into the steps that we've already talked about today, plus how to make sure that you can find and really hire that great first person. So these are the steps that I use inside of the round table. They're the steps that I've used in my own business and with other consulting clients. And so it'll all be in this PDF for you for free. Perfect. Thank you. And where can our audience find you? Yes, absolutely. So my URL is theprojectdesigner.com and for the PDF, it's theprojectdesigner.com slash team growth. Love it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Tasha. It is so great to be here. And I'm so happy we got to chat any moment talking with you. Oh, I love it. (laughs) That's it for this week's episode. Make sure you head on over to thelaunchguild.com forward slash podcast to read the show notes and grab your free download so that you can start implementing what you've learned right away. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend, leave a comment and subscribe. Remember to keep smashing your goals and pushing forward. You've got this.